Well, hello everyone and welcome back to the Mile of Golf podcast for episode 190-something either. Uh, yeah, it's me. I'm back uh, briefly. Uh, still here in Scotland. Uh, if you look at the YouTube video, if we get that done, uh, I can't get rid of the 150th vibe. Um, many people that I've spoken to can't get rid of the 150th vibe, so I'm still running with it. I've got this beautiful photo here in the background. Uh, it was only a week away uh, last week, but... Um, you know, as I say, the energy around the open is still running pretty high. The energy from my two co-hosts has been running high in my absence. And uh, apologies again for the absence. I just haven't been able to match up the time zones. But today is the day. So thanks for joining us again. Uh, we've got the two kings of the podcast, the guys that uh, keep the ship going. Rocket man. No music, no music, Rocket. This is on the road, uh, computer, fluffy, fluffy microphone. Rocket, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I still got the editing stuff, mate. I can, it can come out. Uh, no, we might be able to put it in. Um, Rocket, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, thank you. It's good to see the leader back. Uh, is that how you... It definitely did sound that's how you were doing the, the theme tune music uh, first up. Still playing it from the phone? I sent you the no, phone. Uh, no. The, the, so we, we had a technical difficulty. So the first one, when I... There's a way you can share the sound when you're doing it on Zoom. And I think I did it right the first first one. The second one, I stuffed it up. So <laughs> it, it, it was it was picking up all the sound from my speakers instead of just piping it straight into the recording. So that's why it sounded shocking. Uh, it was quite funny. Uh, Magic, how are you? Excellent. Very good. Uh, much, uh, much easier having three of us to talk about golf rather than just Rocket and I blabbering on. No, you did a sensational job. Well done. Uh, well, I'm here. I'm I'm here. You, I don't I don't know where to start and where to stop. The it's been two weeks. It's two weeks today since I arrived. It seems like two years already, but it seems like two days in the same breath. I'm sure if anyone's travelled recently, they've experienced that. Uh, if anyone has travelled to Scotland recently, uh, and you've seen those pictures that about a million. Uh, Australians have shared with me asking me, are they your golf bags in there? Uh, if you have traveled to Scotland, um, by all accounts, looking at those pictures, you will be waiting for your golf clubs to turn back up in the next 365 days. Can you, could you believe the amount of, I felt sorry for the poor baggage handlers out there. Um, and I was thinking about it, like, because a lot of people have been giving out about it and they've copped a lot of flack. You know, every media agency's put that picture out. But there were so, so many, many people here uh, converging on Scotland for golf, obviously to go to the Open, but just so many people playing golf. Um, it's incredible. And, you know, it's a country of five or six million people. You know, we've, we've had our baggage handling issues in Melbourne. We've had our check-in handling issues in Melbourne. You know, all those issues that we've had at the airport in which, you know, Channel 9, Channel 10, Channel 7 devote way too much time for on, uh, you know, morning news. Poor, poor fellas out at Edinburgh Airport, mate. You know, like, I don't know how many people Edinburgh's got in it, half a million, maybe a little bit more, but the whole country's only like 5 million, 6 million people. Um, and to have the amount of golfers that were here converging on that with these big, awkward bags, and they're all oversized and heavy luggage, so it needs a specialty care, as we all know as golfers. Um, felt sorry for them. But, yeah, because everyone's been saying, oh, they should have been more prepared and all that sort of stuff. But, mate, just to see you those can bags. You can, ne you can never be. You can never be prepared for that. Doesn't matter how much you prepare, you're still probably underprepared for the volume of people, especially because it's not like any normal. It was the 150th 
at St. Andrews. And I feel like, and you'll be able to comment on this because one of the questions I'm going to, you know, I'll ask and have, let you have a think about is you think about when you're at Troon and then you think about your week there and it feels like there's an element of, this is what it feels like for me. There's an element of people that are actually gaining more of a appreciation for the history the traditions, little bits of golf, and they're wanting to just consume as much of it as humanly possible. So I feel like even if they were prepared, I don't think they were prepared for the amount of people that were just going to basically just the deluge of people that's coming into Scotland, not only for the Open, but basically going, they've planned like whole trips and holidays all around it. Oh, spot on. Uh, there was definitely that feeling that, you know, the people that were there wanted to be part of something special. Uh, you know, the standard line was, well, there's never going to be going to be another 150th open here at St. Andrews ever again. So uh, we may as well have, you know, got this one. And, you know, the people that I sort of spoke to in passing and just standing in the side of the ropes and in, in and around the compound and whatever, that was certainly the vibe. And, and even since, you know, the people that I've bumped into, uh, you know, I've been wearing my 150th hat and uh, the locals have been asking, are you here for the Open? Said, yeah. What do you think? All those questions. Um, uh, yeah, and I think you answered it pretty much, Rocket. People people just down for it. And uh, in terms of an event, like think about the President's Cup that we went to and, and amplify it by a 10 on steroids oh. in terms of setup, infrastructure, people. And, and Mike, you know, we... we fight about the um, capabilities of, you know, Royal Melbourne or Kingston Heath versus PK to host a President's Cup and have the infrastructure and be able to do that. And, you know, I hark back to my points of, mate, there's one road in and one road out of that town and it flowed like clockwork. You know, the, the worst the worst inconvenience, and I spent one, two, three, uh, yeah, three days there. Um, the worst inconvenience was... You know, driving around the town afterwards, you can't, you couldn't get a car park um, to go out and get something to eat, and you know that was as, that was as bad as it got uh, because the, you know the locals live at the back of the clubhouse. There, you can see in the background of the, um, yeah, we know the back of the clubhouse. But if you're watching the video, uh, hopefully I can get this back up on video. You know, people live just around the corner and up the streets. All the uni students, most of them have vacated and letting golfers stay there, but people live there, so they had to park somewhere. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, no, you're right, Rocket. Um, sensational. The vibe was sensational around being special here. Uh, in terms of Troon, comparing it to Troon, yeah, what I would say about Troon, uh, other than it's a, still a fantastic golf course, yeah, the one the one little sort of chink that St Andrews brings is it, it's a harder harder venue to watch a lot of the golf and to and to get around. You know, there's there's not as many crossings. Yeah, you, know, you are on the outside of the golf course. You know the shape of the golf course. You know, you you look up and you follow along, and you, and you look up, and you can see that view of the the town in the background. And and all of a sudden, you know, you're in the town a minute ago, and then 20 minutes later, you're like, oh wow, I'm like way out here. Like it looks like it's kilometres away. So, if, you know, there's quite a bit of walking, and that it's not an issue. But um, there's a few spots that were that were good to watch from. You know, out in the loop there, on the inside of nine and ten. Um, you know, that's where I watched sort of Rory and Cam Smith come through, uh, you know, where I think Cam chipped it up pretty close on nine. 
uh, missed the putt. And then Rory was like short and wide. He was out in the 10th fairway and uh, once again, knocked it up into close, didn't make it. That was probably the turning point uh, where Cam stood on the gas, I reckon. Yeah, it was 10, 11, 12 through that putt section there. But anyway, um, saw so many people at the merch tent. It's insane. Mike, sorry. I uh, By the time I did get back, to, got your message and got back to the, the merch tent on the Sunday, um, the everything was gone. Like it was gone. No, no. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find a flag somewhere. Definitely. I'll, fi- I'll find you a flag. Don't worry. I made, I made a contact. Uh, I'll find you a flag. It might have to be sent. Oh, well, but I'll know. find you a flag. Let me know how you go. Um, yeah, they opened. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm gonna want to keep going. Uh, I just have to say uh, a big thanks to uh, my colleagues at um, Bushnell Europe. Uh, who organised some of the tickets? Uh, we rocked in there, and I didn't actually know. And Paul and I rocked in there. We didn't actually know what level of passes they were. Uh, we know we had to scan in; it was a one-time entry. Um, I know I had to print off a pass to, for a car park. Uh, it was pretty close, you know, like it was players drop off, other people, and then us. So we just parked it next to the driving range, and we walked in, and. Um, we had to go to the accreditation area for the tickets, which was inside the players' accreditation area, and literally. So you standing, didn't even need a rangefinder to find where you had to park or anything like that. Didn't, there was no park and ride. It was so different experience to 2016 Troon, the park and ride setup, which is great. Um, you know, basically you pay for ten dollars for parking, and a bus shuttles you in and out, and it's spoken to people that did that. It's no hassle. It's ten minutes away, but um, it was just. I was out of my zone, put it that way. I was like well and truly out of my zone. I was literally, literally standing there. I had to show my driver's license to match it up with the picture that was on the card and standing next to Sean Foley. Like I, I effectively pushed him in front of Sean Foley. And he's like, give me the, yeah, g'day, mate. <laughs> g'day, Sean, how you going, mate? I hadn't, I didn't, I chose my moments when to flick in and I still do flick in and out of the uh, Scottish accent. But uh, yeah, I was standing there next to, Sean Foley and okay, big deal. Um, but walking past is everyone, you know, like, and you've got to be cool. Like you can't, you, you're one of them. So there's no, can I get a photo? Can I get an you autograph? You can't fanboy it out. No, you can't at all. And it's hard to explain. Like everyone was there. It's just like, you know, you know who was there playing? And I was just like ding batting around in there, eating their bloody, they get well looked after after for food wise. A funny story. Um, so we wouldn't. I wouldn't sit in there and stare at people. That, that's not what I was doing. We went in there, saw what we could, what we had access to. If you wanted to sit down, um, but there was one time I went to get some lunch, and Pul- Ian Poulter was in there, and uh, he was like loading up on the chicken curry. I thought, well, if Ian's loading up on the chicken curry, I'm going to load up on the chicken curry. And Ian's just standing there, and you know the girls with the bay marie and the boys with the bay marie thing, putting the two scoops of rice, one scoop of chicken, and he's just like giving it these ones, more, more, pile it on, pile it on. <laughs> so I'm like literally standing there beside Ian Pilter. He's got this big back massager thing on this, must be this, you know, therapeutic heat. Looked like a he was going to take off in a rocket pack type scenario. He's walking around that in that. I don't know if it was pre or post round, and uh, and I walk, walked up and said, "If it's if it's good enough for Ian, it's good enough for me." 
half the serve, please. So I had the same chicken curry, uh, just one behind Ian. Didn't talk to Ian, of course. That would be uncool. Um, yeah, but <laughs> the players had this big double story. It was like double story uh, players lounge, and uh, yeah, I could you know breakfast downstairs, dinner upstairs, whatever you want. And, and when when it finished, all all of the hanger the hanger on is the, the the support staff and families. Uh, they're obviously getting on planes or getting on trains or whatever and taking off. And they, they give you a paper bag. So you could take some lunch out if you wanted to go out and take on the range or whatever and do all that sort of stuff. Um, these people were just loading up these bags. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> like, like three of them turning up, just putting all the sandwiches in, putting a few Cokes in, putting a few iron brews in, chocolate bars, walking out. It was like they'd been to Tesco's, mate. It was like they're walking out with these bags. <laughs> I'm just sitting there having a coffee, like embracing. It was this was post the um, post the the winners ceremony. I was just sitting there having a coffee because I had to drive back to Edinburgh and thought, have a look at these people. So it was it was a bizarre people watching week. Um, you know, Phil saw Phil talking to Sean Foley. What what's con- the connection with Phil and Sean Foley? They're not working together, are they? No, no, they were talking together. Look like. No, I wouldn't say it was stern words, but um, you know they, they were certainly having a good, solid chat. Phil didn't look happy um, whenever I walked past him. He didn't look didn't look he like wasn't he was happy in general. Yeah, yeah, didn't look like ha- happy. Um, you know, and then <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm rambling. Uh, I'll go back to the day one. So day one, when we got there and we realised, hey, these passes are pretty good. Uh, they had a little white ba- a white pass, um, a white lanyard on it which said practice days only. And we, without wanting to appear like we weren't supposed to be there or didn't know what we were doing, we asked the person who was in charge, said practice day only, what does that get us to be able to do? Oh, you can go inside the ropes with the players on, on the practice day. Hmm, thanks, I thought so. Um, so, of course, Maddie Griffin was there and I wanted to shoot a few photos and a few videos for drum and golf um, while I was there and, yeah, we did a bit of work in the lead up on the sim, as you've seen. And uh, and Tomo was caddying for Matty Griffin. Tomo uh, has worked with me and for me in the store for a, st- a stage, but he's caddied, lifelong caddy, uh, also a very strong drummer guy. So Tomo was caddying for, for Matty, and, and Tomo's a, a legend. Caddy for Charlie Wee at the Seniors Open. Don't know how Charlie Wee went. Uh, so we went out and followed Tomo and Griffo around for 18, yeah, pretty much 18 holes of the practice round, and he's playing with Ernie. And you know, just just to be able to walk side by side with, easy. with Ernie, unbelievable. Like we love Ernie. Like I love Ernie. Like again, you have to play cool, Ross. And yeah, and you know, but I had my camera. I didn't realize I could take your camera, big camera out there, and I left my big lens, so I only had my small lens. So, well, I didn't think you could take a camera at all, like a professional camera. You could take cameras on not practice days, but not on tournament days. Anyway, all I all these guys are running around with these big super long lenses on, on the practice day. So I, I trotted back to my car and of course it was just at the practice range. So that was pretty easy, um, but I didn't have my big lens. So I got out there and I was taking some photos and um, yeah, we, I wasn't talking to Ernie, like he was doing his work uh, with his caddy, but he was certainly engaging with uh, Tomo and Maddie Griffin really, you know, talking to them about, you know, you don't want to be here and, you know, have a look at where this is. This is going to be like this and blah, blah, blah. So I think Maddie got so much out of uh, 18 holes or 17 holes because Ernie, Ernie, uh, they were staying at the Old Course Hotel. He hits his drive down 17. 
And then just walk put, straight to the hotel. Yeah, puts six balls in, plays up to 17 green, says, okay, guys, I'll see you. Quick photo on the fairway and uh, just steps over the fence and into the old course hotel. And that's what they're all doing, like Rafa Cabrera and um, uh, I don't know. Here's a little here's a little guy, the little Spaniard. Um, not Rafa Cabrera, the other. Not, uh, Lara Thabo. Lara Thabo. Lara oh, okay, yep. Yeah, Lara Thabo must have been uh, out partying the night before because I think Ernie said something like, you know, so are you ready? And he was like, I got ready last night. The 3 a.m. finished, no problems. I know how to do it. Something like that. So I think he'd been maybe been out and had a bit of fun. Who knows? I could be wrong. Um, yeah, Ernie like lays up six balls up into the 17th and then says, okay, guys, see, he gets a photo and takes off. But just to watch Ernie uh, get around inside the ropes and see him interact with everyone who was yelling out to him, all the South Africans, all the, the UK guys, anyone who loves Ernie was yelling out to him. And, you know, he stopped mostly to sign kids' autographs uh, called a kid back who missed, you know, they were walking off and then the kid wanted an autograph and he motioned to the stewards to let the kid come under and he ran down the fairway, got an autograph and a flag. He was he was just a phenomenal human. So he laughed at us, you know, he said, oh, all the Aussies together. So <laughs> he's having a laugh at the Aussies hanging out and um, we were talking about the rugby a bit. But I, I spent a good bit of time chatting to uh, Liesl, his wife, she had missed a plane. So many missed people missed planes um, coming up to the open. So uh, she drove and uh, they lived down at Wentworth, of course, as most people know. He And just talked about Ernie and, and how much he loves the open, how special it is. You know, he's looking forward to playing the seniors open. He was obviously contending there for a bit. Um, so unbelievable. Just, just to stand up close and watch that man swing, unbelievable. Uh, the other people I followed on the Wednesday because I, I walked out by myself, I was, I was doing a bit of Herbie hunting. I bumped into Herbie on the range. For, as soon as we arrived, Herbie was on the range. And, you know, once again, not supposed you know, play cool. Herbie, Ross, how are you going? Um, he was going out in the back nine. So I went to try and find him, but missed him. And uh, saw Stenson and uh, John Daly. So I just walked to the 17th next to them, take, took a few photos. Little did we know what was on Henrik's mind at that stage. And, uh, oh, what else? Yeah, I took this uh, photo from so the the photo that's in the background, which you've seen me post. That's from the the putting green on the rooftop of Russick's. We went and had dinner there, uh, not upstairs, but downstairs on the Wednesday night. Just there's another there's another player. Yeah. Do I have to spell it out? Oh, Max. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was unbelievable. That was unbelievable. Like, <laughs> once again, I, I'd walk past Max that morning going, oh, there's Max. You know, can't get a photo for Rocket. Sorry. And we were walking down the 18th. Ernie had gone. Matt wanted to finish playing. Uh, there was a Korean Ming Young Cho what uh, playing. And all of a sudden, Max Homer appears at the front of the 17th bridge with his uh partner girlfriend wife I, i'm not i'm not sure Macy. i'm sorry Macy, yeah i'm sorry um, Macy. not Macy. not not that i'm an uber fan or anything yeah like or that. macy macy turns up and um and max is there like just with a putter in his hand like max homer he's <laughs> like what? like he was like beamed in for rocket and macy says to me ah oh, you've got a camera that's the same as mine would you mind taking a photo of us on the bridge my friend took a photo earlier on and it didn't come out you look like you, you've you know what you're doing 
um, can you take our photo? Sure, no problems. So I took Max's photo and his and Macy's photo on the bridge. Um, Lacey. How do you spell it? Lacey. Oh, Lacey. Lacey. Sorry, not Macy. Lacey. I've got a friend whose daughter's Macy. Uh, Lacey. I took Lacey and Max's photo on the bridge. I said, hey, Max, uh, I've come a long way. My guy Rocket is a massive uh, fan. He would be, can we do him a favor and can we have a photo together? He went, yeah, sure, no worries, man. And um, and then I followed Max up the yes. fairway in his shadows, like trying to breathe in some Max vibe. Try, I'm also trying to give him some Max from Ross vibe back. <laughs> Clearly failed. My, 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 I was trying here. I, I didn't my tell him the story. Don't worry. I didn't tell him that you've had an encounter. You no, because that's you have to play. Um, I didn't ask him that either. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, walked up awesome. the, walked up the 18th fairway with Max. He had a had a few putts on the green. Uh, they walked off. I checked uh, with Lacey if the photo was okay. She said that one's great. Uh, I tried to sneak a few more photos, and and that was the day done. How did how did you give them the photo? No, well, Lacey was walking around with her camera. Gotcha. Yeah, so no, Sorry. I don't have. I, I don't have, Max didn't have a camera, so she wanted you to take a photo with yeah. yours and send it to him. No, I don't have Max Homer's WhatsApp details. Don't worry. Sorry, I can't get him on. That's uh, that's where I was going. Yeah. So when's he on the uh, podcast? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's pretty quiet. It, it's, you know, it's just a dude, you know, who we thought was some level of uh, authority walking around with a, a decent camera on on the middle of the fairway. So there wasn't too many other uh, dudes walking the middle of the fairway in the practice round. So I was in the sanctum for a moment, Rocket. Yeah, it was unbelievable. <laughs> but it was like made to happen. It was like, I was so happy when they're like, the universe. That's Max Homer. Um, hey, take my photo. It was the cool. Universe. I love it. Yeah, oh. so it was it was surreal. Um, you know, I got to walk on the range. Would have, you know, once again, you you don't want to look like a knob. You don't want to walk around standing behind every player in the universe taking photos and videos of them. Um, you've got to be somewhat cool and do what the other people are doing. Although there are plenty of hangers on us. Um, it was, it was just standing watching John Rahm just squash golf balls. Um, and just seeing the ball fights, these guys hitting, it was a bit of breeze as you saw in the, and I've played a couple of rounds of golf subsequently in the, in breeze and just thinking about how they hit driver into that breeze. Like there's no, there's no little knockdowns like they're, they're just, pummeling it straight down the fairway. It's just like going through the air like a missile. But yeah, I think it's coming out with no spin. Ah, unbelievable. Interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, but watching, and I didn't see a lot of Rory and Cameron in that final round, but just I thought Rory would be longer on some of the holes uh, where where he could have got closer. Like he hit a, he, he did hit a couple of high spinny ones and didn't get the distance. Like on 18, he should have been, he should have been on the green. Um, ten, oh, I don't know where he drove it anyway. Uh, and even, I think it was even on the, um, uh, I think it might've been 10. Yeah. I think it might've been 10 did the same thing instead of being up where he should have been. It was, it was short, short and sort of a bit to the right. Did Cameron, did Cameron drive that green? There was one where he drove and like Rory was like miles away. Like, yeah, I think it was 10. Yeah. The one that he was right near the front, yeah. I think that I think you hit the nail on the head, Roscoe. I think he's, he's just hitting the ball a little too high. He didn't really change that flight too much from his normal real high ball and into the wind. He was just losing distance. I mean, Cam Young is a big hitter, 
but he's not, he's not, you know, him and Rory wouldn't be that far different. One's putting it on no. the green and one's, you know, he was way short Rory on 18. On the TV, how, how close was Cam Young's ball to going out of bounds on 18? No, not close. Not close? That rolled up around no. the, around the, yeah. No, no. I mean, great drive. Then no one hit it down that way. So the commentators were a little bit like, ooh, but, you know, he was yeah. five meters in com- comfortably. <laughs> it looked sensational from where I was standing on the side of 18 um, and watching, you know, trying to watch them come up. There's 175 million people uh, trying to do the same. And uh, so, yeah, no, it was, it was sensational. So, I don't know. Yeah, we stayed in the house. Staying in the house was awesome. Yeah, staying in the house one one night in St Andrews um, was awesome. Just to just to go in town and have dinner at Rustics there, and right across the from the eighteenth uh, in the front window with someone from the R and A. Um, no, it was sensational. So that was the open uh, dribble so go- golf. Yeah, golf. Been been a, yeah, been a bit bit of that. Um, so day one uh, of the tour was golf. Uh, out at Loch Lomond. I think I mentioned that we're playing there. Uh, that was good fun. Beautiful course. Uh, not a not not a Lynx course. Um, you know, it's like a it's a Weisskopf course. Uh, so it's got that little bit of touch of American sort of feel about it, but just in a beautiful location beside Loch Lomond. Um, can't get much better in terms of Loch, Loch um, location. Uh, pheasants jumping out of the out of the grass when you're going to look for your board and you know, flying away, that sort of stuff. Um, the hills and the braes are locked, you know, Ben Lomond in the background on some of the, yeah, it's great. So we met another group of people there. Um, our host was Michael and Michael is mates with Darren from uh, Bushnell uh, Europe. So Michael, who's a member, English fellow came up and hosted two groups. The two groups, the other group was um, Ox, the big Oxy boy. Uh, David Swartz, um, who was traveling around for his 50th birthday with uh, a few other people. So we split up into two groups. It was Ox and I versus the two that we were playing against. Ox and Ox, but went birdie, birdie finish and uh, claimed victory for team Flanagan Ox, Flan Ox. And uh, it was a good day. Drove back to Edinburgh. Could have been all... Oxygen. Oxygen. <laughs> oxygen. I like that. Team Oxygen. Uh, it was an early start. Late finish, you know, you have the whole day experience at Loch Lomond. You know, you, you get up there, you eat your breakfast, hit balls in the range, you play golf, you have lunch, you have drinks, and next thing you know, it's 8 o'clock at night and you're leaving. Um, and, yeah, that was that was good. Uh, what else? Uh, Friday was North Berwick with uh, Josh. Josh, shout out to Josh. He's a great man uh, at Golfing Scotland. He is the officially, he should change his Instagram or have a separate Instagram for Caddy Fixer. Um, Josh has fixed up, you name it, the who's who. He had a busy two weeks. You name it, the who's who of caddies. Uh, Josh has arranged rounds of golf for them, either at North Berwick or at Carnoustie with his connections over there. Not but, just the caddies; it was the players but, as well. So you, you you talk you've been talking to him. So you tell us yeah. who's who's Josh fixed up for rounds of golf? Because of course, as everyone would know, uh, the Scottish Open was a week before the Open. A lot of the players stay at the Marine Hotel, which is that beautiful old hotel which overlooks the 16th green at North Berwick. Uh, it's just down the road from uh, the Renaissance Club, so they're staying there and basically playing golf, and then just walking out of their hotel and walking onto the golf course. So who who did he fix up, Rocket? So. Uh, bear with me. He 
there's certain information obviously we will not reveal. Uh, but he's had, he's had, um, there was uh, Grella Bones from a caddy perspective. He's had, um, and I'm going back to the other one. Then he's had from a player's perspective, Luke List, JJ Spawn, Siwa Kim, uh, Fleetwood's caddy, Spieth's agent. <laughs> um, who else is there? Uh, Jamie Donaldson. Um, who else is there? Oh, oh, there's another really funny one. Oh, t- uh, I don't know if he's, he set up Teddy Scott, but he was there. Um, actually, I won't mention that one. It's, it's quite a funny story. <laughs> I'll, um, that one's an off-air one. <laughs> actually, no, it was Teddy. He set up for Teddy. Yeah, um, and I'm trying to see who else. Um, Siwoo, there's some great pictures of Siwoo in some dishes that he's just not used to. Um there any others i'm just going through the list i've covered most of the major ones so so we played we played twice we played friday oh i think i think uh i, oh, I was about to say collins caddy that's jj he was yeah he already hooked him up yeah that was the other one jj um collins caddy as well jj yeah. so we played the friday and uh he had a, a guest from uh the states who is a journalist at um harvard harvard business review uh, really nice young American fella, great guy. Uh, fa- has a family house in, house in Arbroath, which is sort of up the Carnoustie Coast way. Interesting story how that became into the family. Um, and then, like, we finished that round sitting there having a drink, and then we were converged on by another American couple who, and the three of them had known each other and connections of each other. It was unbelievable. Um, doesn't sound like much on an audio podcast, but just I'm just listening to these people talk about who they knew in common. It was, it was crazy. Uh, but and, on the Monday, and, I went to... And it. the other thing as well, the day that you were there with Josh, that on whatever hole it was where there's a shared tea, you just happen to, he gets, he just happens to get a photo with the sheriff. Oh, and- that was the second day. That was just the Monday. That, so I went back. So I've had two games of golf at North Berry. Like most people dream about, walking onto the onto the 18th green in front of the clubhouse you know here i'm playing two games of golf in three days um so i went back there on the monday just said you know we've got sunday on monday what do you want and i said how's both sound you went yeah that's fine no worries and um we played that day with uh dylan we were playing with dylan fratelli's manager um interesting character oh frugal um, fratelli <laughs> we played with frugal fratelli's manager um no he was he was a nice guy and his brother and we got to like the third hole i think and uh yeah it wasn't a shared tea but you know the green obviously just there nothing's too far away and just you could see josh was looking out for where um uh peyton manning he, was he he he, he knew yeah <laughs> he, he knew where they were coming he was like that's them over there so yeah we went and watched that and um you know he just rocked in and said hey you know i'm the man can i get a photo and uh it was all good american and i'm a member here yeah so uh yeah, he got, he got his photo with Peyton Manning, and I think someone he's connected to in the family is a massive Peyton fan. So, yeah. So good. <clears throat> Peyton, um, what's Peyton's brother's name? Eli. Eli. Yeah, I think they're both there. 
Yeah, that was a heap actually, of actually. That that's that's that, there's a video that those two is it's going in the rocket rabbit hole. Actually, there's a couple ads they used to do for Direct TV. Yeah. Some of the funniest stuff. Like these two look like boring people, but they are some. They're really funny dudes. So I'm going to put some rabbits, rabbits, uh, rocket rabbit hole videos in in on those two. It's some good stuff. Uh, yeah. Look, I'm I'm not as close to that sport as you are, Rocket. But as as you say, you know, there's been that many people, and anyone who's anyone, whether you know them in the business world, know them in the sporting world. Like the day before, you know, Peyton Manning was sitting. Yeah, you know, he had one of the five thousand pound a day tickets whether it was given and paid for it, who, who knows, but where this picture on the background is taken from, that putting green that you've seen the pictures of at Russick's there overlooking the 18th. Yep. You know, my, my cousin, um, uh, Cow, who came up with this, said, oh, I saw Peyton Manning up on that balcony up there. So um, he was up there the day before, and then the, the next day he was just hanging out with Josh, getting a, a snap on the uh, 16th tee at North Berry. Um, yeah, that was that golf. And then I had a couple of days off. Um, uh, that was all that was a week into the trip i probably spent about 3.5 minutes with mrs my love of golf by that stage um so we on tuesday uh, you know what we did what'd you do we went to a concert oh that was friday night friday night we went to a yeah. concert amazing uh elbow we love elbow uh on the promenade of edinburgh castle it's all set up for the for the tattoo but uh, they did have all these gigs elbow unbelievable uh, no, Tuesday we went for a drive to St Andrews. <laughs> I went back. Her, her idea? Well, no, definitely not. <laughs> I learned from experience on the past trip where I incorporated too much golf uh, into our personal time too early. But I think even she was aware of the fact and the enormity of the 150th open at St. Andrews. So we just basically drove around that whole, what they call the East Nuke of Fife. Fife. Um, all those little towns, those little seaside villages around the map there, which you can see, Anstruther, Ely, Leven, Crail. And they've all got beautiful little ports and harbours. And we stopped and had a sandwich at once and a coffee at another and an ice cream at the next one. And we were just driving and talking. And I said, look, this road's going to take us back into St. Andrews. And she said, that's all right. They'll have a Boots boots Chemist there. I need something from Boots Chemist. So let's go. Okay. And um, so we went into the town. It was still pumping. Uh, and as we drove out, I said, look, I couldn't fly my drone here, obviously, the last couple of days. It's crazy being here with the drone in the back of the car. If I can't take a photo of the Cam Smith uh, leaderboard with his name still on it, it's oh, no problems. So I just pulled up literally beside the 18th tee in the car. And um, pop the drone up. So those drones you can see, those photos you can see on the Instagram are all taken two days after. Um, yeah. So I tried to get the C Smith. Though actually, the guy, if you look at the photo, there's the scaffolding up there, and they're trying, they're taking the congratulations, Cam Smith. See you at um, Royal Liverpool next year. Take already taking it down. But uh, yeah, we did that. So, so that's what we did the first day we were together. We went back to St Andrews, and then um, sorry, enough about me. But uh, I'll just finish off my golf. On Thursday, uh, she was going down to see her uh, sister who lives in London with my mother-in-law. So that was five days. It's now Monday, uh, our time. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, I planned a little trip and off I went. So I went down to um, play at Dundonald Links on Thursday morning. 
had some wonderful hospitality there. Got to see Dundonald Links in tournament preparation. They were only it was closed for normal play. They were only letting some you know book guests play. I was one of those. Uh, got to see it set up. It's great, nice and green. Uh, obviously, watered the fairways a little bit because it's been quite dry over there. Uh, it improved so much since I was there in 2016. Um, Golf course was is great. It's a it's a new links, you know. It's a links, but it's it's a new links. It's a modern links. It's not a old shaped by the you know the shifting sands of the time type links and and you know the 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 livestock treading on there. It's a modern links. Uh, but what they've done in and around that. So this is interesting information if anyone is looking to stay in that part of the world, which is Ayrshire. So Ayrshire's Troon, Turnbury, Presswick. And then a whole stack of other courses that you've never heard of that you should hear of, you know, Westcool Bride, Irvin Bogside, Kilmarnock, Barassi, Dundonald, Western Gales, Glasgow Gales, they're all there. Um, they put in accommodation and two different types of accommodation. So hotel, little hotel rooms on the course and little um, cabins with all putting greens in front of them. So perfect for stay. They've got a clubhouse. Uh, it's it's awesome. So I played there in the morning and then um, just basically literally got in the car, drove out the driveway, turn left, left, first left, and you're on the other side of the train tracks at Western Gales. Now, Western Gales is one of those old traditional links shaped by the sands, um, and it was a vastly different experience. You know, it was baked out and hard. It was like what you saw at St Andrews, you know, the firm and fast. The fairways were two times the speed of the greens, and uh, and I didn't hit a driver all day. I just hit two irons and four irons. It was It's a sort of out back and in loop between the water and the and the train line. Uh, amazing, amazing golf course, mix of bunkers. You know, I've got revetted pot bunkers up near the green and then they've got those natural, um, you know, shape where the grass hangs over the, the the bunker lips as fairway bunkers. Just a great, awesome, proper links experience. The dunes, not too high, um, but there's some really cool holes. Uh, it's awesome. So that was, that was Thursday. And this is where it gets really good. Uh, so Friday was jam-packed, got up early, flew the drone around a little bit, tried to get a couple of photos. Had a 9.45 sailing from the harbour of Ardrossan, uh, which is just up uh, on the Ayrshire coast. That's where the fer ferries go. Now, this part of the world uh, on the west coast, you've got all the islands, all the, the outer islands, Ilay, Iona, um, all of them. And they all get, you all get to them by ferries. So Ardrossan is a ferry point for uh, the Isle of Arran. Aaron is that big island that sits off the Ayrshire coast, which you see it's a big holiday destination. Uh, so we went across there. Now, first mistake of the trip. There's two, two mistakes I've made on this part of the trip so far. First mistake, uh, travel advice, travel warning. For anyone that's traveled on the Queenscliff Ferry, Mike, you and I have done that many times. When you park your car on the Queenscliff Ferry, which is a similar size ferry, maybe, maybe a little bit smaller, but same sort of thing, multi-level decks, cars and trucks and all that sort of stuff. What do you? What can you do when you park your car in? Get out. Walk yeah, you can get out. The, what yeah. if you want to re reel back the seat and have a snooze for five minutes? What can you do after you finish your snooze? Get out and go upstairs and grab a coffee. Can't yeah. do that on the on the uh, Cal Mac McBrain Caledonian ferries. I got on there and I was on the phone and I was editing a few photos or doing whatever, uh, and all of a sudden the door's locked. I'm like, hang on. I'm locked in the hold of a boat. Uh, I probably shouldn't be down here. 
Um, you definitely couldn't open them. I definitely didn't want to hit the fire alarm or put the door that says, you know, open for in case of emergency. And I'm walking oh, around this pla- I'm walking around this platform. It's like a 50 minute ferry ride across. And uh, I'm walking around this platform thinking I'd hope someone to get someone's attention and say, hey, sorry, pal, can you let me in for a week cup of tea, pal? And uh, no, it wasn't to be. And every time I walk past the car, the car alarms are going off. So every car in the whole, and then you know what car alarms like? One was setting off the other. It was like dogs barking at each other. Like this car alarm would go, root, 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 root. and this one would go, root, root. <laughs> and I'm walking around going, I'm setting all the car alarms off. So uh, I just got back in the car and, um, you know, I hope nothing happened. Of course, nothing happens on the ferries as safe as. Uh, but at least 10 minutes to go before docking, they opened the doors up and I got out of Thanks very much. Oh, I've been stuck down there. You're not supposed to be down there, pal. I know. I realize that now, mate. So, um, yeah, it was nice. So, anyway, got off the ferry. Uh, we're now on the island of Aaron. If you're a match wa- map watcher, you can check out where that is. You land at a town called Brodick, 22 miles over the hill. Aaron's like a mini version of Scotland. It's got lowlands and highlands. You go over the hill and we get to uh, Shiskin and we played Shiskin Golf and Tennis Club. It's one of the old, original, ancient golf courses. Uh, unbelievable. Very firm and it's baked out, but it, it didn't matter. Yeah, you know, 12 holes. So that's Presswick was 12 holes, Shiskin 12 holes, and a couple of other of those, you know, courses of note all laid out as 12 hole loops at the start. And it was Tom Morris that came along and started to introduce 18 holes. Uh, you play up these crags and downhill and little par threes and little par fours and uh, looking out over the coast, just amazing. So that's where I met Lynx Robbie, uh, Robbie Wilson, who, you know, the more time you spend with Robbie, the, the more you get to, to know and like and love Robbie because he's just a, an awesome human. Um, and the way I'll tell the story is this. We met some people in the clubhouse in the paying Hamish. Uh, shout out to Hamish, who does a great job over there at Shiskin, uh, sells some cal- calendars, Shiskin calendars. He's got the best photography of Shiskin that you'll ever see. So he sells his calendars for 10 quid, posts them all over the world. I'll post some pictures. I bought one. Uh, there were some Australians there, obviously noticed the Australian accent. And uh, and Robbie said, well, why don't you come with us? Ross, you got no issues? I said, yeah, of course. A couple of members from Royal Adelaide. Royal Adelaide. So, um, you know, he's like, turns around and goes, oh, I've got an Australian here. And, you know, how do you guys know each other? And I, I sort of, Robbie wasn't there, but I said, look, what you've got here is the best tour guide for golf in this part of the country that no one knows of. And he's shown more people these parts of the golfing world than I've had, you know, sliced sausage breakfasts. Um, it's very, it's a, he's a very special man and he's very highly regarded for his knowledge around these parts and what he does and who he is. There's some people here that he's hosted around these parts that people seek him out. So we're really lucky. He's like, all oh, right. And that's what it was. You know, Robbie tells a story about Siskin, where to hit it, where not to hit it. And he, he's, he is a legend in these parts. And, um, I was just so lucky to have his company for the day. Now, he's also a very wise, wise, wise decision maker as well. So we finished our round at Shiskin. It was it was awesome. I'll post some pictures. Uh, we drive up to uh, the little uh, town of Lochranza, L-O-C-H-R-A-N-Z-A, Lochranza, if you want to orient yourself where that is. Uh, there's one of the Scottish monuments over there, Lochranza Castle. Now, Robbie works for Historic Scotland. He's a stonemason by trade. So his role in the West is to look after these monuments, you know, tend to all the signs, make sure the weeds and the gorse are kept low, any of the 
artifacts that need redoing and refinishing. He does all that. So he's amazing. So we got on a little ferry there and went across to Clonaig. And Clonaig's about a 50-minute drive down to Macrahanish. And he says, the weather's awesome today. The sunset's going to be magical. The weather's going to be rubbish today. Why don't we fit in Macrahanish this afternoon at 6 o'clock? I said, let's go. And, and we drove straight down to Macrahanish, jumped on 5 to 6. Not a breath of wind. Like, not one breath of wind. And we played Macrahanish. Now, where's the other place that I said I've had special you know, movements and feelings over uh, in, my, in this golfing journey. What's the other town? La Hinch. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yep. And, and, and the combination of town, vibe, feeling, outlook, amazing golf course with amazing history. And I'm walking along these fairways of Macrahanish and I'm feeling this is, this is like La Hinch. This is feeling like La Hinch. I'm getting a La Hinch sort of emotional sort of feeling here. I'm starting to get the heartstrings pulled. And, of course, Macrahanish is a Tom Morris course, so it, the course feels a little bit like that. The dunes are much higher. They're much – that whole west coast of Scotland is very connected to oh, – you know, obviously when the tectonics plates shifted, you know, that would have been connected. So it makes sense that that coast is like Ireland, and that's what it started to look like, these dunes and the blowouts, and the course is unbelievable. It's so good. Like, it's such a good – good golf course you could play there for the rest of your life and never want to play golf anywhere else ever ever again it's been a little bit wetter in that part of the country it was beautiful green um oh it's just amazing of course no wind sun setting over in the west you know the hebrides out there the jura and all of those places you can see the hills it was just yeah unbelievable unbelievable macrohanish um You've got to go there. Many people do. Micro Hanish. Uh, there's a couple of other courses down there. Mac Dunes. So Mac Dunes is owned by the Americans. So this is interesting. Um, Americans have bought Macra, uh, Mac Dunes, not Macro Hanish, Mac Dunes. Um, I don't believe it's quite the same. Obviously, it's a new links. It's in some great land, obviously, on the other side of RAF Macro Hanish Airport. Uh, but the Americans have pumped a heap of money into the accommodation uh, at Macrohanish, you know, they built the hotel and gutted it and stripped it and made it five-star. They built these uh, villas beside it. The thing that I didn't like about it, like I'm all up for, you know, that happening and the, the gentrification and where the money comes from is, you know, America, that's what's happening. But I don't know how you guys feel about this. They they have the American and the Scottish flag flying on the pole side by side. Thoughts? Doesn't matter. Just Americans being Americans. Am I am I being too picky? I do all that, but I don't. No, but it's them being Americans, right? Yeah. Just don't don't, don't fly the flag. You're in this no. sacred, ancient part of it's Scotland, stupid. where Scotland was founded. You know, like where where the the Vikings came down and and conquered, and the Celts came across. And run, don't fly the American flag. Fly it in America. We're in, we're in Scotland. Anyway, that's the only that's the only complaint. Uh, Macrohanish is unbelievable. Stayed two nights in Campbelltown. Didn't play golf on Saturday. Uh, didn't play golf on Sunday. Drove down to Dunabity and had a look. Was going to play golf, but it was raining, blowing a hoolie. I am not Scottish enough to be desperate enough to go out there and play that, but I went and walked part of the course and, and took some photos and just saw it. It was great. And yesterday um, I drove up to Oban, one of the greatest drives uh, that you'll ever do. You'll see the highlands and lowlands and the water and the, the isles and every part of Scotland um, 
you know, compressed into a, a three or four hour drive. Uh, I got to Oban. I'd seen that Bobby Mack was in contention. I thought, hmm, here we go. I might go to uh, Glenn Crutton and um, see Bobby's family sitting around cheering and, and join the party. But by the time I got there, um, it was over and he hadn't won, uh, which was a shame. Um, but a Scotsman did win. Uh, I realized I had no accommodation. I hadn't booked my accommodation properly. So I had no accommodation. I was in Oban driving around with no accommodation. Uh, so I drove home. And that uh, that got me here at 9.30, 10 o'clock last night. And uh, fell asleep in my computer. Here we are, planning, planning another week, another assault. I don't know where I'm going to play this week. So, How do those apples grab you, boys? Questions? Sounds busy. I have been busy. Sounds like it's a tiring almost. Uh, yesterday was a long day. Uh, yesterday was a long day, but I, I, I drove down one hill and you know those pictures of, you know, Scottish glens and valleys that you see and you just think that's amazing. I never, I, I never thought, I'd never, you know, I've been to Scotland plenty of times, but I'd never seen that part of the country. And it was quite emotional. Like I, I think I might've even had some, some inside, um, inside the windscreen mist happening. Uh, as I drove down those the hills. Salt in the eyes, bit of onions. I had something happening. There was there was, you know, the, the BP was up, the heart, the heart rate was going, it was pounding. Um, it was just beautiful. And uh all I wanted <laughs> all I want to do was take a nice photo of a Highland cow and a stag. Don't ask me why. I've got obsessions with uh well, my mum liked Highland cow, so she liked them. So I'm gonna take a photo of a Highland cow. But I want to find a stag, like you know, stag, you know those things. Um, so there were some Highland cows at at Campbelltown, which isn't Highlands; it's on the water. But I found them, and they were quite obliging for a photo. I took some nice photos, really nice. But as I was leaving Oban up in Hill Dandale, I could see these cars pulled over the side. And what are they doing? And as I sort of motored past, there were these majestic Highland cows standing on top of a hill in a real Highland setting. And I thought, I've got to go back and get that. But it went into this narrow winding part. I couldn't turn around for another 10 K. So I thought, well, I'll find them elsewhere. But, uh, I got down past some part of the town. There's a sign, little sign golf club, Oh, golf club. And as I drove past the golf club, I could see what I thought was a stag standing in the bunker in this golf club. So I found a turnaround. I went back, double back, Golf course was closed. There was no one there. It was about six o'clock at night, seven o'clock. And it wasn't, a, I, I don't know what a, sta, a stag and a deer, but it had two horns instead of, instead of the big, big, these ones, it had two horns and it was standing in the bunker and uh, I had the long lens. So I took a couple of photos or post them and um, I popped the drone up. He once a, once a drone went up, he got scared and ran off. And once again, you look back behind you and there's, there's one of these big, massive Scottish glens with the mist and the sun piping through it. So I took some photos and, Got back on the way, Dalmally. I think it's called Dalmally Golf Club. It's not. It's it's not on the map. It's nothing. But uh, there was a there was a deer in the bunker, and I took a photo of it. There you go. Nice. Uh, anyway, who won the three uh, M? Tony Finau. Big tone. Yeah, big tone. It was a um. It was a bit of a. It was a weird tournament. They had a lot of rain, so the week was uh, especially second third round was held up with a little bit of rain delays and things like that so it was a bit weird but the bloke who was leading and, and looked like he was going to run away was scott piercy and scott piercy was uh, probably winning by 
no, I wouldn't think he was like clear by three or four shots coming into the final round. And there's about three or four shots clear through 11 holes today. Um, and that's when he's, his trouble started. Well, his trouble started, sorry, I should say in the third round because he had a blister. So he was taking off his shoe in between um, shots. So he'd sort of be wearing his shoe. And then as he had to walk anywhere, he'd take a shoe off because he just walked around in one shoe and one sock just so that he could sort of be able to walk through. That's how sore his foot was. So he's having a big week, Scott. He started, I should say, he started the week by putting a new driver and a new putter in his bag, sacking his coach and his caddy and changing all that up and then play probably some of the best golf he's played in a very, very long time. But yeah, he held on and he's holding, he was holding on. He was still three up on the 13th. He made another bogey. Oh, sorry. On 11, he made a bogey and then he, he, uh, he made a birdie on the path five twelfth. made another bogey after that and things started to get shaky. And then on 14, um, everything went pear shaved. He, he hit a shot that got plugged in the face of the bunker, um, tried to sort of chip out, didn't, didn't quite get it well enough, left it in the pot and then had a, um, water carry for his next shot which he proceeded to dunk into the water um then he hit his next shot in ends up making triple so it makes triple all of a sudden he's gone from two shots up Finau's a couple of groups ahead and he's made a couple of birdies uh all of a sudden he, he's almost no chance of winning so what does big tone do once he gets the lead he's gone birdie through 14 15 16 gets to 17 and absolutely airmails this thing with more juice going through him than ever it would have been if it actually hit the ground it would have been 15 20 meters long of the flag he's shocked but not only is he shocked it then cascades off the television tower at the back of the green and flies back towards the side of the green and stops about a foot from going in the water so don't know how it doesn't go in the water should have been in the water so he should have been capitulating as well as as tone would do Somehow makes his easy par, gets to 18. Again, par five, all he's got to do really is make par and it's, it's over because no one's going to catch him now because Piercy's capitulated, Grillo's not going to get there, Sanjay Im's not going to get there. And what does Big Tone do? Big Tone rinses one. So he puts one straight <laughs> straight in the one place he can't hit it off 18. So on a par five, he could have hit whatever he wants it off the, off the tee. Rinses it, takes his, um, takes his um, penalty, lays up, Gets onto the green, had about, I don't know, five, six feet, or not even that, for um for his um, bogey on the last to win it. And that did it. So it was a bit eventful kind of last half hour of a tournament, but I wouldn't say it was a great tournament, but um it was good to see Tony win. I think it's his third win now, which was um which was good uh, for a bit of a, a, a non-event tournament. There were a few people in the tips that picked him, which is good. And when I say a few, I mean a lot. So the winners this week of the people that actually picked Tony Finau, Joe Tolomeo, Pultz, Goffey, Lewis H, Ursus, Zach Ginevra, Kirky, Dion, Putterface, and AB all picked Tony Finau to win this week. It's pretty good going. What happened to my guy Hideki? Why did he WD? Don't know. I I I did hear some. I, I actually mentioned in the in the preview pod that Rocket and I did. I, I was actually surprised he was there just because of after the open and everything else, I don't don't expect those guys to turn up um, and said he might withdraw and he did. I think there was a lot of conversation around him withdrawing on top of that because I think a lot of people were expecting him to announce he was he was heading off to live. But I think he pulled the 
it's either his neck or his back was not quite right or leg and yeah, he was he's still struggling with whatever injuries had most of the year. Yeah, so I, I think can't even remember what he shot. He, I think he'd I'll look it up what he shot, but I think he was a fair way off the pace already. So are most of the guys having a few weeks off, like just to name drop Rocket, while well, I didn't speak to anyone in the compound, um, Michael Greller did come up and have about a 20-minute conversation with us at North Berwick uh, with Josh, and um, I just sat there and listened. Steve dropped in, but uh, they were saying that he had like three weeks off, and I was like, it was the yeah, first wait, time. Wait for the, wait for the FedEx Cup. Yeah. Because so of- there's about three events before you get to the to the uh, the net the lead up to the net the net club championship. So take yeah because because you go because you really pretty much have had no break whatsoever between US Open and the Open. Yep, and they're set if they're in the if they're in the top you know fifty, they're a rock solid chance to stay there until at least the tournament before the. Tools Championship, mm. and if they have a good mm-hmm. run in one of those two events, they're going to make it to the Tool Championship. So, mm-hmm. so 3M was this week, then Rocket Mortgage ne- next week, then the Wyndham, and then they go straight into the FedEx, BMW, and Tool Championship. So I would say most didn't play this week, obviously, and there's not many playing at Rocket Mortgage, and then, yeah, Wyndham's after that. So I'm not sure about the field on that one yet. But Hideki had shot. Uh, he shot 77 with a nine on his last hole. So, yeah, that's probably not good. Well, thanks, Hideki. Um, now I'm officially out of the running for... <laughs> no, no. If, I mean, we've, we've kept it all the way through. So if someone has a really good um, tour championship or gets through, it'd be interesting to see how many people have got players left come the tour championship because there'll only be 30 left and you would think they'd be guys that are up the top. Um, speaking of guys up the top, the top five... Michael Lloyd still sitting there, 11.675. Nomadic golfer in second. The doctor up to third. Three putt or die fourth. And no three putts is fifth. They're all probably in the in the mix. Um, and I should have mentioned last week, which I didn't, and I remembered halfway through, but hadn't done the sums yet. We had the competition on who would um, pick the most winners or get the most value from the majors. Mm. We had a prize. I think we said... I'll go back and listen, but I reckon we said a drum and voucher for 150 bucks, maybe something like that. Yeah, we might um, we might change we might change that to 150 bucks worth of special edition. I can't see. I can't you're, see. You're, you're, you're um you're green screening yourself and disappearing on us. <laughs> you look like so, a magician. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's There's that's a towel. That's the My Love of Golf caddy towel. There'll be a My Love of Golf uh, hoodie and a T-shirt. That'll do. Yep. Scotland, so Scotland nomadic, edition. Nomadic here. golfer. Nomadic golfer was the winner uh, comfortably. And that was purely on the back of doing what no one else could even get close to doing and pick two winners out of four. So had the winner in the Masters and the winners in the US Open. Tony, uh, can you can you send us your uh, address where we can send it? If you're, you are a true nomadic golfer, um, where do we send it? That's it. Yeah, that's it. Attention to uh, any address, any any golf course that he's probably going to. Um, special mentions to the next couple. Bobby, my mate, came home with a um, pretty strong finish in second. Michael Lloyd in third. Uh, no thanks to Doc. Doc doesn't get any more thanks. He finished the marketing department. He finished um, fourth. No three putts. Fifth. Um, just quickly interjecting 
a quick story about Doc while we're talking about Doc. We had the GMGA Open Championship this Sunday just gone yesterday down at Moonlinks Open Course off the uh, off the back or well, the close to back markers, and you'll be happy to know that the MLog team stood up and had a one-two finish. Oh, so well young done, Doc. Young Doc was the winner on forty points, dominated, <laughs> and I. Uh, I, I I pulled a Rory uh, backdoor second place with 23 points on the back nine and finished with 38, 15 and 23. Stock standard Mike Golf. Um, but yeah, no, Doc had a ripping day. So Doc won the Claret Jug and the Dollars, the the the, uh, the prize fund for the day. So that was very yeah. good by the doctor. Uh, very um, good. Yeah. So that was that. That was that was the uh, the PJ event this week and the GMGA event this week. Uh, what else? So the Scottish Senior Open was played at Glen Eagles. Big Darren Clark won that. He did. Right. Yeah, I yeah. only only watched a little bit late. It seemed it was a very bunched finish. There's lots of guys around eight under. Um, like you said before, Ernie Els was right in the mix. Stephen Elko, shockingly, was in the mix because he's in there every week. Uh, Broadhurst was there. I know that. Um, and really, the only ones that were that quite late looked like they were a chance were Elka, Harrington, and Clark. Um, Harrington got in a clubhouse at nine and the rest of the guys were sort of started at eight. And then Clark had to make birdie up the last on the, uh, on the par five to win it. He came up short for his third shot, just no fourth shot, the second shot, just, just the front of the green. Uh, had a, it looked like he had about a hundred foot putt up the hill. Um, and they said when he pulled his putter out, oh, this is a safe play. And I thought, that's a safe play if it was me. Like I'd be, I'd be pulling out the putter there, but I was a bit surprised he was because it was a long ways uphill. It was a bit dewy. The rain was out. Paddy was in the clubhouse. I uh, sorry, in the scorer's hut looking out the window and everyone had the umbrellas up. I thought, he's going to have to give this a proper whack, this putt. But to his credit, Clark belted the hell out of it, put it all the way up. And um, yeah, he had about two feet for the win, for, for the birdie. And he did, he got it. So yeah. I think he's the second or third to win the Open Championship double, the the senior and the normal. I uh, I, Rocket would be the only person to be able to tell you who the other two are because I can't. I don't care about senior stuff. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, the Evian? Who won the Evian? Uh, Brooke won. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it, but it, I do. I only know the Brooke won. Because we had a we had a podcast listener question from uh, Smitty. Smitty asked, um, with Brooks' win, is it time? And probably in conjunction with the live people leaving, is it time we start thinking about the future of the Presidents' Cup and and looking at it being a um, mixed event? Anyone got any what? solid wow. thoughts? Uh... Would you let that happen at PK? Yeah, I, I, I would be all for it. If there was an event that was men and women together, state against state, mate against mate, absolutely. No problems. Whether it's the President's Cup or, or, or what, you know, like who knows? President's Cup, Ryder Cup, Ryder Cup dead, you know, like cheapers, weepers, you know, we had, a, we had a captain team. We had Europe had a captain two weeks ago and now they don't. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's in a whole another conversation and topic, but yeah, I would. But um, anyway, uh, Brooke Henderson, what a player. Uh, so Scottish Women's this week at Dundonald Links, uh, Goodfield, LPGA, LET, 
uh, co-sanctioned event. So there's a strong field down there. I think Min is Minji. Minji's playing down there. So obviously, all the all the women are going down there in the lead up to the uh, British Women's Open. Uh, it is called the British Women's Open. It's not called the Open. The Open is the Open. It's the British Women's Open, and uh, not the Geelong Open either. Um, who was that? Was that your? Was that uh, Blakey or who was? Having, someone was having a crack in the Discord about the the naming. Um, of- I was just trying to fire everyone up <laughs> and get him to say it because I know how much it absolutely pisses you off. Uh, so ah. the British Women's Open is at Millfield uh, next weekend. Uh, sorry, the weekend after next. So there's still a lot of golf happening over here. I was out playing Dundonald and there was a lot of uh, the Thai young L.E.T. Uh, team Thailand girls out there playing, already out there practicing. Good on them. Good luck. I can't remember their names, but uh, they, let, they let me play through. Thank you. Uh, well, there's a lot of stuff happening. We should try and, and do this again if we can match up the time zones and, and my uh, travels or not. So, um, yeah. Mike, anything else? This week? Uh, no, this week? Oh, yeah, this week, just quickly, um, is the Rocket Mortgage. So as we've been posting each week, I'll have a little screenshot of the data lake in there for the guys and girls that have signed in. Um, they'd be happy because Tony Finau was the number one pick last week and, and he won, so that's good. Um, Rocket will be very happy this week. He's going to be very, very torn on who to pick because Max Homer's back, Cameron Young's back, Thor Bjornsson's playing. I've already got money on Thor Bourne. Bourne. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, main, the main guys that have come to the top of the lake are Cantlay, Homer, Young, uh, McNeely, Bradley, maybe Kevin Kisner. There's a few others in there. I'll post them in um, and everyone can have a look. But it seems that every time I give out the names, the problem is everyone uses those picks. And then if I don't pick the right one in the one and done, everyone goes past me like this week with Tony Finau. So I'm going to have to start throwing in some dodgy names and telling you that um, Alex Small is a massive chance this week. <laughs> Smotherman. Yeah, Smotherman. Smotherman played all right the other week. He's, he's waiting for you. He's, he, when he wins, it's going to be a big party at him. Yeah, no, Smotherman. Smotherman. Uh, Rocket, you all right? How's the triplets going? How's that uh, project uh, rocket four ball? Um, so been a few weeks off because everyone's been in in uh, Melbourne town. So you know, so they were a little bit rusty, but they were very excited to get their their uh, new bags and their putters actually now cut down to size. Um, so yeah, it was just good to see them. Like I was super excited, and and Elijah, God bless his cotton socks. He's a funny, this little quote machine. We we're we're driving, we're on the way there, and he goes, "Hey, Dad, remember when I first uh, those first couple of lessons, and I really didn't like it." I'm like, "Yeah," and he goes, "I really like it now. I think I've grown as a person." <laughs> <laughs> He's 11. It's like a little Yoda. Oh, he's so funny. He's so funny. And he gets, you know, they all get a little frustration and stuff like that. And then, yeah, it's just good fun. It's really hard because I've got to try and get them all in the the same spot. And they're doing that every now and then I'll miss one. It's like absolute cracking one. Like there were a couple of times when I've missed Elijah cracking one because I saw Phoenix and she's absolutely just, you know, it's it's great when, when they just, 
when one clicks, like their swing gets it and they just click one and you can just see them go, oh, it's like the chase is on. And it's, and it's just, you see the, and you can see the frustration when they've, they've absolutely clicked a couple and then all of a sudden it's back to just bad shots again, right? Or missing it and stuff like that. And you can see the frustration. I'm like, yeah, this is, it's the bug. It's like, I, it's I can this, see now, like six, seven years from now, the tailor-made announcement on Instagram, the three of them behind each of their staff bags with the names <laughs> on the front. You're just going to be over the moon. <laughs> you already had the thought of it. I'll be bumping to, into you in the tailor-made tour van at the, next, <laughs> at the open, not Sean Flaherty. I'll be bumping into you. Uh, oh, look, for me, it'll be if, if all three of them, like even love the game half as much as me and we get to have it like a family thing that we're going to play and do this sort of stuff. Like that's, that's all I, as long as they love it, that's all that matters. If they don't and they want to do something else, I'm okay with that. Um, but if all three of them like fall in love with it and then continue on and uh, like get to the point where, it's like our holidays become golf holidays. Mrs. Rocket's going to freaking hate that. But, you know, she's going to be outgunned, outweighed. So if, if that sort of stuff happens, like, right. oh, you, it's so you, good. It's a fate of complete. You've already got the uh, mobile Rocket Junior Tour accommodation new age caravan brought to you by tournament vehicle there. Just park that in the car park, Mrs. Rocket. Maybe, can... maybe, maybe Taylor Maid need to give me one of the old tour trucks and just <laughs> convert it and uh, and um, put some bunks and stuff in there. Uh, can I interject for a sec? Um, just on that. So we released that podcast. That was basically the, the audio from the video that I took um, when I got a tour of the Taylor Maid tour van. If you haven't listened to that and you want to know what it's like inside the tour oh, van, go. Really good. I listened to it this morning. Go and listen. Now, if you want to watch it, it's a full video on the Drum and Golf YouTube. So I made the video. It's not over there on Drum and Golf. Um, I did in the in that call Sean Flaherty, uh, Rory's caddy. Clearly, Sean Flaherty is not Rory's caddy. He's Rory's manager. He's the one that you'll see, you know, walking three steps behind Rory and a yeah, lot of the vision Har- of Har- Harry's. Harry's his caddy, of course. Uh, I just it was a slip of the tongue. Uh, Finno is in there funny guy um yeah so unbelievable uh go and check that out uh just speaking back to your guys who the the little um backdrop there is who was responsible for making i'm assuming that they've made little caricatures of us you know there's rocket there's a there's a lego character of ginger beard that that must be me no 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 that's no that's (laughs) no it's like a uh wild west one that i already had on my desk and then i've got another one He's like carrying like a sword. Then there's the my, the the M log one, that was one that was made by Elijah and and Elijah. No, it might have been Hunter and Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Rocket. And then we've got the the one in the background, the golf green. So that was uh, Elijah built that for my birthday, and then they bought off um, online the two Rocket Legos for my birthday. Ah, <laughs> uh, good. Uh, guys, I think um, I'm not sure how long we've been recording for. Uh, it's time for me to have a wee Scottish breakfast. Uh, that might be in the shape of this Lindor chocolate ball. Um, ah. 
<laughs> That's a, I'm, I'm batching at the moment. So uh, anyway, guys, it's been great to catch up. Sorry, our wonderful plans of trying to do little check-ins here and there between Wi-Fi's and timing and driving and all that sort of thing. Uh, like many things, my great plans sometimes uh, not you know bigger exceed exceed the vision exceeds the capability of delivering. But anyway, here we are now. It's been good to catch up with both of you. So you're doing well. Uh, well done on the golf last weekend, uh, Mike, to you and the Doctore. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week on the My Love of Golf podcast. There'll probably be some more Scotland talk. Uh, hopefully, we've got some more golf talk as well. We'll see you then.